Service radio. Full service radio. Full service. Full service. Full service. Full service radio. What is up, friends? Welcome to Shift Drink on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm Matthew Ramsey, Wet Martini, Dry Wino, and Quench Wench. I'm Eddie Kim, Proud DCist, Guacamole Adulterer, and Tony Braxton Cover Artist. What is I want to, like, what, what kind of adultery are we talking about here? I put weird stuff in guacamole. Peas, apparently. Apparently that's a thing. I can see no, that. No, I don't do that. I do, <laughs> do like I, pomegranates. I, I can see you doing that. Um, no, I, I, I'm more proud of my Tony Braxton Cover Artist. <laughs> okay. Well, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, every, every week, week we every share, week. oh man, we're off to a horrible start. We share a shift drink and swap war stories from behind the line with chefs, bartenders, bakers, brewers, and uh, pretty much anyone who touches this all-encompassing industry. This week we're joined by pitmaster and major blazer Ben Eisendrath of Grillworks. This pyro for Hyro produces the grills of my dreams. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much. Welcome. Nice introduction. <laughs> Uh, well, you requested for your shift drink. Uh, what do we got? Yeah, an old fashioned. Old fashioned. I don't know what's what's Eddie making. Specifically, a uh, rye old fashioned. Yep. Uh, why? Well, first of all, why rye over bourbon? I've been finding the rye to be spicier. Yeah. Generally. So. And has it always been that way? Did you start off bourbon and then move over to rye? I started bourbon. And I, yeah. Yeah. I went over to rye, but I still once in a while I'll do bourbon. Okay. Yep. Do, you, do you know the rye that kind of switched you over? 1776. Oh, okay. <laughs> For the old-fashioned. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> For the old-fashioned, it is, that, yeah. That'll work. That'll uh, work. Uh, today we're using Pikesville. Uh, I want to say local Maryland rye, but it's no longer made locally. I know. We hang our head in some shame. It's made in Bardstown, Kentucky, but it used to be made in But now, they, I mean, Maryland. they just, just kind of... Well, dude, you didn't prep me well enough. <laughs> you can't turn the label toward me. Uh, oh, yes, yes. I'm a terrible bartender. Uh, 110 proof, a little bit on the hot side, still spicy, aged six years. Tasty. Aromatic bitters. Um, now, you want, you, want a, you want a higher proof whiskey or rye because it, you want it, to, it goes better with a little dilution, right? Yeah, just in an old fashioned, yeah. like higher proof, higher proof to stand out a little bit more. Um, ben, you can very often be seen late night at a uh, tail of goat drinking uh, none other than the old fashioned. Is this true? Cheers. In fact, I saw you oh, there cheers. last night. Yeah, cheers. cheers. Is this what you were drinking the other night at tail up? It yeah. was. Yep. That's my go to for sure. And tail up has been my go to place for the nightcap. Right. Solid. Solid. Well, before we jump into more about Ben. And before we play a little bit of Two Truths, One Lie, we're going to talk a little about what's going on in the news today, in general. Uh, well, it's officially the week after Thanksgiving, which means two things. We're all uh, a little bit fatter. Uh, also, Christmas music, Christmas music is uh, officially a thing, uh, as well as some bars. The Christmas pub is open now. Is yes. that what it's called? Uh, Miracle. 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 Miracle's Miracle's open. Seven. It's on 7th Street. Um, there's also a Miracle Bar at Archipelago. Uh, so they're doing, like, Santa surfing or something like that. Tiki drinks. I think, yeah, Christmas cocktails and Christmas pop-ups yeah. are the new uh, I think I mean, way Coney's to celebrate. Ivan mean, Coney is doing a very tongue-in-cheek yeah. response to the Christmas <laughs> bar. Uh, because the Christmas, Derek Brown's Christmas bar is uh, panda-themed. Ivan Coney's is red panda-themed. And they've both been promoting each other, which is great. Oh, nice. They are been promoting each yeah, other. Yeah, oh, yeah. good. I mean, they're, right, they're basically right yeah, next awesome. to each other. So. They're friends. They're friends. Awesome. Uh, no, it's great. Everyone kind of jumping into the holiday mood. And incorporating alcohol with it because, you know, they go hand in hand. Yes, they do. They're kind of needed. Uh, what else? Uh, big news. Uh, Mars rover is going to land in about oh, yeah. a couple minutes. Insight. The insight. Oh, wait. Are we? It's 307 right now. They might have just landed. We're in the seven minutes. So, what do they call it? Seven minutes of hell? Seven minutes of terror. Well, we are broadcasting live, not from the hotel, Matthew. 
but from the Jet, Pro- Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena. That's why we're yeah. stuttering so much. Yeah, right. Just a mixed signal thing going on. <laughs> uh, we will we'll we'll keep an eye on it and see how the little bugger is doing, uh, and we'll toast when uh, hopefully lands all safely, softly on terra firma. Meanwhile, Mars back firma. in D.C., Miriam <laughs> Bowser is declaring war on mumbo sauce. Or is she just annoyed with it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she posted on Facebook recently. Ben, you've, you've, you've lived in D.C. Well, uh, for a while, so jump in about this. Uh, have you had mumbo sauce? Yes. Good. What is, what, is your, what, <laughs> what is your relationship with mumbo sauce? It's not a close relationship. Yeah. I mean, I t- I've had all the D.C. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Miriam Bow- Bowser, she said... She has not had mumbo sauce until very recently. Yeah. She grew up in the city, and she thinks she doesn't... I think, quote, she doesn't get it. I mean, listen, to her credit, like, mumbo sauce doesn't actually have a flavor profile. A lot of the Chinese restaurants that, that, that peddle mumbo sauce are just pouring Costco... Right. Uh, or not Costco, Cisco uh, barbecue sauce. I've, I've seen the jugs that they pour it out of. So, I mean, it's, to be fair, it's just... A rebranding of, of barbecue sauce. I mean, I'll admit mumbo sauce isn't as codified or burned into our memories as, a, as other food items from yeah. other cities. It's, it's no, no half smoke. It's no whiz on a cheesesteak. Yeah. You guys aren't as upset as if she came out and said, I don't like the Ricky? I mean, I'll be honest, I drink maybe like one Ricky a year. I don't think I'd be upset either. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> But for the sake of DC, like having its things, if, I don't know. We need to create some new things. Well, if she said DC. that she didn't like the half smoke, I wouldn't care. It's okay. Actually, I, w- I would have cared. That would have got me a little bit. I like a half smoke. But it, again, it's, it's all very nebulous stuff. A half smoke is what? Half beef, half pork. Yeah. Some say it's half smoked. Some say it's ben, you live cut in, in half and then smash it. <laughs> the hard hitting DC local issues. I mean, you have. live in the neighborhood, so Jumbo Slice is your. It's your I have had diet. Jumbo Slice sober before. It's it's different. That's yeah. the true DC. DC. I have people don't believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly you do it drunk, but the. Uh... Have you ever done the the U Street Taco? No. That's where you take a jumbo slice and you wrap it around a Ben's chili bowl uh, half smoke, and eat it in taco form. Right. I think Laura Hayes did that for. Yeah, City she did paper. for a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good recall. <laughs> she you? Did not, I don't think she regretted it. I, 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 there's no way I would ever. <laughs> It's too much. Um, I, wa- <laughs> I wanted to bring this up because it actually, this is one thing that has inflamed me. Uh, Andrew Zimmer declared, or he announced that he was opening up a chain of Chinese restaurants. Yeah, starting Lucky, in Minneapolis. Lucky Cricket. Lucky Cricket. But in the process of uh, announcing it, he kind of inflamed a lot of people, basically saying that PF Chains doesn't count as Chinese food because the kid was rich to begin with. And. Basically, all Chinese food in the Midwest was trash. That's word for word what he said, and that uh, he thinks he's so. He's creating. Job. He's creating the new, the new new. I'm just okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's all about the street food. He's all about the street food. So of course he'd be. Well, he made a career out angled. of like exotic, like on exotic foods, and he's still doing it by trying to saying he's cooking exotic foods. And ignoring the, for the fact that Chinese American food is American in itself. It's a whole different genre. Right. And he's right, calling right, it right. utter trash because he wants to make money on his brand. Sure. By making accessible Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> for the masses. Right. Okay. Wow. Uh, we judge it when it's open. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, who knows if it'll come to D.C. at all. He's starting, he wants to take over the Midwest. Which is weird because we'll never... Most likely, we'll never try. Hey, you're speaking to two Michiganders here. He's okay with me. He likes grills. Yeah, yeah. Oh, does he? <laughs> of course. Um, well, let's let's uh, let's let's cut to our our first game. A uh, little thing we call two truths, one lie. Two truths, one lie. Now, Ben, I uh, I told you about this last night over an old fashioned. <laughs> yes, thank you for the preview. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what have you got for us? Lie to us. I used to be a competitive bodybuilder. Ooh. Number one. Sorry, uh, I feel like that was way too enthusiastic. I have Ooh. my recreational pilot's license. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number two. These are all really badass. And my cousin wrote the inscription on the Statue of Liberty. What? Three. I feel like three is true. I feel like that's random history. Yeah, I... I Reading about Ben's past online 
and it's very and it's like his father and every, like where your family came from i can believe that you, i don't know you, yeah I, one I, of the founding fathers at some point yeah yeah uh, <laughs> um, not gonna help. I feel like uh, I so I feel uh, like, I feel like the the plane thing is probably true too because I feel like the travel and the adventurous lifestyle. Oh, really? I was gonna say he's probably deathly afraid of planes. Oh, but he has traveled quite a bit. Okay, bodybuilder. I can I can see that. I mean. You're very svelte. <laughs> okay, so you think that's a lie. Okay, I, well, not, well, okay. I think that's a lie, though. I think okay, that's fine. a lie. You were not a bodybuilder. I was. God damn it, Eddie. That was all me. That was all Rhythmic gymnastics. So you're, you're, are, you, are you terrified of airplanes? <laughs> no, I'm not. But, it I, was, but, I, but I, don't have a, I don't have my license. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, but you have, a, you have a cool motorcycle. So I do. So it all makes sense. That's dangerous, too. Yeah. Fuck, sorry. I ruined that one for us, guys. That's fine. Um, no, I'm glad. I'm glad I uh, delivered the. So, all right, let's talk about your bodybuilding days because that's amazing. Uh, from college through 1994, I was a competitive bodybuilder and did was runner up Eastern States and runner up Mr. Virginia Ironman. Mr. Virginia. Do you find yourself kind of like getting into like weird poses still when you're like in a, getting oh, into yeah. a picture? Yeah, I just bust into one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Priorities shifted over the years. <laughs> Feel the need to get oiled up once in a while. He's yeah. flexing his glutes right now <laughs> as we speak. Don't kill me. Um, that's amazing. How did I mean? I guess that just starts one 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 pound at a time. I don't know. Well, if I you're obviously know nothing. If about you're a really bad athlete growing up, and yeah. then you go into a weight room in college, and turns out you're good at lifting weights, you know, it sort of galvanizes you to try an actual sport. And so I ah right on. took it to the nth degree and finished uh, uh, my last. You, competitive there, season. I imagine there's pictures out there of this. Luckily, not on the interweb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will show you guys in a private moment. Yeah, I'm sure any of our listeners might, uh, if you got any dirt on this, send them our way. Private moment. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, then, and then that means uh, the Statue of Liberty. That's, that's a true. That's true. Awesome. Uh, Emma Lazarus is a c- cousin of mine, obviously, many times removed. But uh, she was a cousin, and she wrote the inscription. It's kind of an amazing. That is super cool. Bit. Yeah, really cool like america to the max if any of my cousins are listening come on guys we gotta do better <laughs> uh matthew's family has a very uh sordid past yeah uh, yeah. uh bootleggers bootlegger yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, my grandma and my i guess my my, my great grandfather he was uh he was a bootlegger for al capone uh that's a perfect resume. Just shot at. Yeah. He was, so Elliot right. Ness, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. used to like, I mean, my grandma's been in shootouts with Elliot Ness, like chasing them. That's awesome. They had a false room in the attic. Uh, I think Old Crow was the label uh, way back when. I mean, we know Old Crow now, but like, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, but yeah, he had, a, he had a grocery store with a, a false front and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, that just reminds me, something I forgot to mention last week. Um, and it ties in very well with your, your criminal um, family upbringing. <laughs> uh, apparently, a guest at your service. Uh, this, this, is, uh, this is what you wanted to bring up. Yeah. Well, what did, what did your, the guest say? You look like... This kind of fits into our rants, I feel like. The thing that's never happened, but we keep talking about it. Uh, so, I had a guest, and they're like, oh, listen, you, you are really good at this. I was like, oh, thank you. Like, it, well, I don't, I don't, like nothing like really stood out about like what I did or like the service, but they're like, no, you're really good at this. He's like, are you a felon? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't, how did we, like, you really, like, you were building me up and then you just like cut me at the knees. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A, uh, you know, tail up, go ahead. He's like, no, 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 I've been, I've been, I've worked in the industry, so I know these things. I was like, okay. Uh, I, guess, I don't know. Maybe it's my cool bald head or my sweet tattoos. But were you wearing your skull cap? <laughs> no, my, surface. No, my, well, I didn't even have a mustache. I didn't even look that surly. So who knows? But yeah, I'm 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 gelling like a felon. Yeah, but that's about it. Tail up goat. Uh, you should visit them. <laughs> you have a felon rehabilitation <laughs> yeah. program. It's a weird thing to proclaim. <laughs> yeah, you a felon. I mean, that was, I mean, that was like it went from like yeah, complimenting me to asking like where I did time basically. Like you're really good at service industry, therefore. Therefore, I must have been like a murderer or a drug trafficker. Uh, I've been told I, I. Someone asked me if I was a dancer one time. <laughs> I mean, that like makes a ballerina sense. Dan- like literally, like <laughs> like a professional dancer. I mean, you, I was you, like, what? You have great grace. It was because I was moving quite 
gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right, but back to Ben. Yeah, back to Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, ben, let's, let's talk about uh, Grillworks. Um, kind of the origin story. This is, this is a family business. Yeah, when, we were, when I was a kid, we lived in Argentina, where my father was a correspondent for time. And he was recovering the coup in Chile. So he kept us in Buenos Aires. And during the back and forth, my dad fell in love with the uh, way Argentines grill. This um, is the Parilla style? Parilla style. Yeah, and then Parisia. they also do it that way in Uruguay, but Argentina is where we were. So when he picked up the family and took us back to Michigan after he got the job at the University of Michigan. Uh, he really missed the grilling. So from age five on... Um, my dad was dabbling and putting together an Argentine-style grill so that he could grill that way. There wasn't anything available in the States like that. And once he'd gone through about 14 versions, he had one that he could cook on that yeah. his friends could enjoy dinner parties at. And they wanted one and sort of led to a little uh, business on the side during the summers because he was a professor. That was Eddie Kim hitting his glass <laughs> on the microphone. Like a, pro, like, like a pro. Like a pro. And then... So that was... Always in our family. He always had this side gig, this side hustle of making yeah. grills, except that very famous food people were really into him. So, so James and, Beard wrote about it. Yeah, I saw that. That's, that's amazing. James Beard. Uh, Stephen King? Stephen King has one. That's amazing. Yep, uh, from my dad's era. Uh, a lot of literary people, because my dad was a writer. So this, and of course he this had is a lot like of, through his time connections, maybe? Through, yeah, through the journalism connections, people would talk to each other. Sort of like yeah. you know, chefs talk to, talk to each other when... You know, I'm doing Grillworks version 2.0. Yeah. There, so there are a lot of writers and journalists who knew about my dad's grills. Around what year is this when things started to take off for your father? Well, he always did it as a hobby. Yeah. So it was like a handful of grills every year. If you knew who to call at the University of Michigan to try to reach Professor Eisendrath, you might be able to get a grill. It's that kind of thing. That's so amazing. He did it from 1978. He did get a patent from 1978 oh, really? to... He sort of shut it down in the slowly in the late '90s. So around you know in the 2000s, there we were down to like two grills in the barn at our farm. That's awesome. But he wasn't making them anymore. How I mean, has the style? I, I couldn't find any pictures of, of older versions online. Uh, has the style changed, uh, or did you kind of when you rebuilt the company? Is this, is this kind of your own design that you've kind of added on to? Well, the core design is where I started because when he shut it down, he'd always been making these. Two versions, small one, big one. And he tried all sorts of materials. He'd melted a bunch of grills until he settled on stainless steel for them. But I really started with some like grubby shop drawings that I then digitized and sort of built from there. So the idea of using Argentine-style V-channel surfaces, having height control for temperature, um, using you know mechanical means for raising and lowering it at our signature crank wheel. There's a, there's a bunch of chefs listening right now that are just salivating at the um, all this technical talk. It's amazing. But I built from that that core, and then it just got sort of crazy with the designs. That, yeah, uh, from chefs' ideas and our ideas, and you know, right people say we want one that's twenty feet long. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Let's let's talk about that. I mean, you now have the 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 world book record, world Guinness record for uh, longest grill, right? Well, we haven't formally submitted it but i think it's a, <laughs> I think it's a pretty safe claim it's a 20 foot seven thousand pound grill that is about to be fired up in toronto like That's they just sent me the message about when their opening is and we call it the inferno tigre because the owner of the restaurant has a tiger refuge oh cool yeah where at uh, outside toronto it's part of the toronto zoo what they have a tiger refuge in uh in toronto yes I, uh, he says, uh, when I come up to visit, we can stay at his house. If you don't mind tiger cubs running around. Oh, that's so cool. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's, oh man, I want that. So I, I lived in Nepal for a second and, uh, when I was over there, I was studying man eating tigers in the jungles of Southern Nepal. Um, and I learned that like a lot of the man eaters actually get sent away to zoos and to other places, uh, they're often darted and stuff. So I wonder if he has some. These are all, uh, he tells me, these are all animals that were at bad zoos. Okay. Um, they do breed them. So he deliberately uh, socializes the cubs, the mm-hmm. ones that are never be in the wild, you know, so that they are 
safe zoo animals, and yeah. then they do release uh, some in the wild that are deemed appropriate huh. to, to go back. Interesting. Uh, but he's rescuing from bad zoos, circuses, things like that. Yeah. How cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And uh, what a fitting homage uh, through this 20-foot grill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it seemed an obvious nickname. Uh, now, I got, I got to ask, because I, I, I can only imagine what your kitchen looks like at home. I mean, is there a grill in place of your microwave? Um, <laughs> all my grills are in the backyard. I'm not lucky enough to be able to yeah. rip apart my kitchen and yeah. put one of my grills <laughs> under a solid fuel hood. But For- I have a, a gaggle of various generation grills in my backyard. One my dad made. First, oh, cool. the first two I made, and then one that's you know current design. And you still use that, the one that your father made. Yeah, sometimes. Like I loan out. Sometimes I loan out my personal grills to for events and stuff, and then I just haul out dads. Right on. And it works cool. the same way. That's awesome. So you re- you basically revived the brand, the design in 2007, mm-hmm. and then 2015, Bon Appetit magazine named Live Fire Grilling as the technique of the year. Which is a little okay. I mean, <laughs> my fire grilling has, has like ancient roots. Yeah. What uh, I mean in that eight year period, like what happened? Uh, yeah, eyes? live fire has been around forever. Yeah. Um, what happened, I think, is that people is it sort of made its way into the kitchen, hidden away, you know, under great control. You know, it was all just gas and stuff like that, and there was for a long time no live fire visible to customers being used in more of an its natural state where it's more of an art than a science to produce the food the exact same way every time right so the resurgence was restaurants were willing to tackle having live fire in view um taking the risk of it being harder for chefs to produce consistently and it is but the reward is also great rewarding yeah um so i'd say technique of the year means this is back and in view you know, especially in New York, and you know Bon Appetit has a big presence in New York. So when we had a bunch of grills suddenly open, it did feel like the year. Yeah, and a lot of your products are, or your grills are in D.C. Yeah, uh, let's see. We made a quick list. It was uh, spoken English right here in the hotel. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jet JPL Laboratory, <laughs> uh, Red Hen, the Tabney Fish by Jose. Volt, uh, Dan Barber, and Marta. You nailed the pronunciation on that one, by the way. Jose, Jose Fish. I, not, not Fish. I, I, cannot, <laughs> I cannot take credit for Dabney, uh, Jeremiah. Oh, no, no, no. Yes. Yeah, Jeremiah. No, you're not a Dabney. Hearth there. Oh, but like, I wanted to mention, but there's Dabney and Maidan, other live fire. Yes, yes. Grilling restaurants here in D.C., and they've gotten a lot of accolades. So it's like another, just another Absolutely. more proof that yeah, I everyone's love- doing it. In various different ways, too, not just on the grill. But. I, I love seeing it because it means there's going to be more chefs out there comfortable with working with live fire, you know, as they come out of those kitchens. And, yeah. you know, more power to somebody who can design their own hearth. Right I mean, on. the one upstairs here, you know, by Spike is also beautiful. And I know that they just had the guy they, that made the equipment for parts and labor mm-hmm. um, do the same thing here. And you go up there and it's just mesmerizing. I mean, watching... Yeah. Watching people work with live fire in a professional environment is pretty amazing. It's cool. It's, yeah. it's uh, yeah. I also got to ask, I mean, there's a little bit of an element of, I mean, it's like, it's a new toy. It's a big, awesome new toy to have in a kitchen. Shiny. And chefs want to <laughs> play with fire, right? I mean, you, you call yourself a pyromaniac, so you got to love it. I do love it. I mean, I'm, I'm making really over-the-top machines to work with fire sometimes i'm feeling like i'm at a steampunk playground and you know what 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 could be better i mean um, they, they definitely do have like a steampunk steampunk element to them with like with the 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 wheels and the for the, the for the new infiernos with the with our new oven you know i wanted the look when i was telling the guys that back in michigan i wanted it to end up looking feeling jules verne cool you know, full-on like You've got a patinaed um, live fire furnace churning away. You know that people will look at and go, "That is a beautifully engineered right thing on. that's both primitive and modern, yeah. and like fiery." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs> fiery. Uh, well, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna step out for a second. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna dig a little bit deeper with Ben. Uh, I'm Matthew, and I'm here with Eddie Kim, and you're listening to Shift Drink live from the line. Thank you. 
right, welcome back. I am Eddie Kim. I'm with Matthew Ramsey on my right side, Ben Eisendrath, Eisendrath of Grillworks. Good job. On my left. Uh, big announcement. The Mars probe has landed. Yeah. It's opened its eyes. <laughs> celebrate. It's drilling. It's drilling. It's drilling. Uh, I'm very excited for, for um, the JPL lab and... And apparently yeah, so. they're looking for black gold, Texas tea on Mars. Is that what they're... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they can finally come back. It's going to make, you know, they're going to create a babies, robot babies with the other Mars rover. Ah, Cylons. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> uh, we're obviously still re- uh, still recovering from Thanksgiving. <laughs> we're going at full. Um. Now you have a, a past with, uh, you have like, kind of like a technology past. Uh, you worked at AOL. Yeah, when I first came to DC, I well, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. Thank God that didn't happen. Yeah, but I got swept up in the first dot com wave. So I was at a couple of startups, um, Magnet and Capdisc for the small startups I started with, and then I got into online games at one of them and was recruited at AOL back in 1996. And so I was with. So that I mean, this is like time. AOL was still setting out CDs at this point. AOL was in the middle of. People thinking it was going to fail the first time. Okay. It was still hourly. <laughs> yeah, hourly, sending CDs and everything. And yeah. then it went on limited pricing and became the behemoth for a while. But uh, then in 2007, um, things were not going so as well for AOL, and I was pretty burned out. Yeah. So I left and just was thinking, well, what do I know I want to do next? And I wanted to resurrect the grill company that had been part of our family. It's sort I mean, of our family's vocabulary. Like everything we ran across that was a weird invention, we said, that's somebody's grill company. Like any weird, any weird thing. So that was like in our vocabulary. So I was yeah. so sad when dad called us and was like, eh, I think I'm done doing the grills. Oh, we're man. like, what? Well, yeah. So I was glad to be able to start it up again. Right on. Keeping the family name alive. Um, but it, it seems almost kind of like a perfect fit having this like, Technology and you, you grew up uh, around these grills and around fire. And I read that you know, like your your chores were basically cutting firewood and, and sorting different woods. And <laughs> yeah, unbeknownst to me, I was being trained to be a live fire. Guy yeah, from the so very it's, it seems almost perfect that you ended up in this position. Um, I mean, what what does innovation look like in your business? I think you kind of hinted at it before, and just like kinda one collaboration kind of leads to the next. Yeah, so we we'll start with one grill and. When I'm traveling around, I'm usually looking at grills that are already in place. I'm not going on sales trips. I'm going to see how people, how a new chef or restaurant is using the grill so that I can figure out what might be good for an improvement on the on the line or an addition. Because yeah. usually they're doing something unexpected. Uh, perfect examples is Blue Hill Stone Barns, Dan Barber. Every single time I visited the grill there, I was couldn't believe what they were doing with it. You know, one time there... They still do this. They use uh, they they use the pig bones as charcoal. Oh, um, cool! They do tons of suspension of items above the fire. What they, does that mean? How do they? What do they? They use every single part of the animal, including making the bones into charcoal. So the just like you would see wood charcoal, it's bone oh. charcoal. Oh man! More than just using a luge. That's so badass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you're doing what? And so then I think. Well, what what could I do to help people do more biochar, which is what he was calling that? Okay. Whenever you're, you know, burning herbs or or using some kind of um, bio item for flavor or for heat, you know, how could we enable people to do that more easily? Ah, cool. And then the suspension, you know, became very obvious. We need to put things overhead so people can hang vegetables or meats from hooks, um, make more room in the hearth to actually use the hearth instead of just it be a grill. Uh, and you know, just I just sort of stand back and watch and, and get ideas from the chefs. Do you? I mean, do you cook a, a lot at home? Is this something that like translates? I mean, making grills is one thing, but uh, cooking is also like it's another thing. I'm, I imagine this is part of your repertoire. Yeah, I definitely cook. Um, I guess my go-to's are. I mean, I love making stuff with eggs. I'm mm-hmm. a big breakfast guy. I. When I don't feel like grilling, I do chili. Um, so I've always been comfortable cooking. Yeah. And, but grilling is something that really we always did at home. So when we're at our, at our farm, practically every other dinner was some kind of grilling. Yeah. And then as soon as I got 
settled here in D.C., my dad's first housewarming gift was the grill. Ah, cool. But he wouldn't give me one until I had a place <laughs> that I was going to stay at. So, I get, that just reminded me, the grill, okay, so the grill itself has, it just invokes images of meat. Lots and lots of meat. Um, and even the Parisia is, is based off of like the Argentinian uh, grilling style. Oyster Oyster just did a pop-up this weekend, and their whole ethos is, well, what happens when the meat goes away? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you going to be eating? We're eating a lot of like sustainable vegetables, oysters, seafood. Like, how do you see your business changing to fit that? If that were to, let's say, apocalypse, it were to happen, <laughs> or or like, how do you f- see yourself kind of fitting within that sustainable movement? I think people sell grilling short by thinking it's only a meat thing. Right. I mean, it's not only a meat thing. Yeah. Vegetables are great on the grill. Um, Oysters it's are great on the grill. Oysters, seafood, <laughs> um, you know, everything gets a different flavor from the fire. And so generally I find myself telling people, well, why aren't you grilling vegetables? You know, it's not just a, it's not just a half smoke thing. Yeah. It's not yeah, just yeah. a rib steak thing. There are tons of, I've talked to tons of vegan chefs who are interested in incorporating grills into their projects. It's it's just another level of flavor, and yeah. sometimes that's a big advantage. Well, I think also with with uh, you know vegetable based dish too, like having that smoke or, or that fire element kind of just gives it that extra kind of umami like meatiness that we, we we think about when we think about meat. Like uh, always with it, the meat with you, huh? Yeah, always with the meat. <laughs> but no, but I mean it, it gives it that quality. It's just like it make, it gives it that extra that extra level, the extra layer. Yeah, uh, that's just really fun. I think another um, another big reason why people love your girls are um, your photos, <laughs> and you you are a photographer. And I used to work at Maidan, and you can noticeably see when people walk into the restaurant, their IQ levels drop fifteen points because they're steady stop and they start staring with at the fire with their mouths like agape. Like, yeah, it's fire is pretty. It's <laughs> nature's <laughs> nature's television. Well, that's how that's like, how we got here. What. I guess like you, well in 2015 other than being a pyromaniac 2015 but, it became popular guys come on yeah <laughs> when Bon Appetit says it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah to be fair 2019 is also the year of the live fire so <laughs> uh, I guess like does it go hand in hand you know your, your love of photography you always have a camera in hand yeah every I've, time I see you out I've always compulsively taken pictures um, obviously it's an advantage now that things like Instagram are important to showing people you know, what it is you do. But lately I've also related uh, vintage cameras and the design, the mechanical design of cameras to what we're doing with grills as far as the aesthetics and build and, you know, trying to, trying to balance function and beauty, you know, with one not giving short shift to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is, it is a balancing act. So I look mm-hmm. at a camera like a, a Hasselblad or like a, and I'm looking for nothing was put there without a reason. It still comes out beautiful. Will last hopefully generations. If I if if in a hundred years somebody's telling somebody else, look here's here's my 2016 Grillworks still still working great. Uh, that will be the victory. If it still if it looks like this. Like I just showed you earlier, Eddie. That's from, that's from 1936. It can go toe-to-toe. It can go toe-to-toe with a modern film camera. Yeah. That's, that's astounding. That's yeah. my goal. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so Dan Barber was, was one of your first clients in the revival, it sounds like. Uh, over the years, you've gotten to collaborate with some pretty dope people through your, uh, your family's grills. Um, I saw Alton Brown was on there. Any uh, any other fun stories come out of this? Well, those were both fun stories, actually. Alton Brown, he uh, his producer uh, called earlier on, like 2009, and said, "Okay, my boss just put this torn out piece of magazine in front of me and said I need to get this for him." And it was uh, you know the Good Eats producer. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like yeah. I'll get, I'll get you a grill. So <laughs> sent off a grill. Didn't hear anything. 
We don't give away grills. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, was, that's, that's probably good business. When we do, <laughs> when you see one of my grills on a show or something, it's a lent. We lend the grill and then we auction it off or something. Yeah. But this one just disappeared. And every once in a while, I would email the producer and go, what happened? And not get a response. And then one day, I got a call and the uh, voice said, hey, it's Alton Brown. I hear you want to know what happened to that grill. Well, it's at my house. And it gets used basically every day. And I love it, but we couldn't use it on the show because we need to use things that everybody has in the kitchen. And that's our goal. But I've got this thing called Iron Chef now. So get ready. I'm going to get you get your grills on Iron Chef. And so there were two episodes where the Iron Chefs competed ah, against each cool. other on my grills in Hawaii. That is... Oh, that was, the mystery, that was kind of the secret ingredient that they... Forced to use or yeah or, or, yeah they put you know yeah. Morimoto Chef Simon and uh, Kat Cora yeah all in a in a row and they paired them with uh, military cooks and they competed against each other the, How the Iron cool. Chefs yeah on the grills so the, the challenge was being on a Marine base in the middle on the tarmac beat the other Iron Chefs yeah wow Chef, Chef Simon won everyone <laughs> <laughs> he's a sneaky little fella he knows his grilling yeah. That's awesome, um, and it's like it's like one of those things like you don't expect to, to make. I don't, maybe you did. I don't know, but to, to make to make grills and, and then to just like have it take you all over the world and and with all these great talents. And, I didn't uh, expect any of this. I expected to get the grill company going again. Um, if it took off, great. But I was thinking it would be home grills, only home grills like my dad had done. I didn't think it sounded interesting to make grills that would be hidden in a kitchen or be right. You know, commercial grills. Until Dan Barber called and made it sound like it would be interesting and fun. I didn't know who he was, by the way. He's yeah. just like, hey, can you come see me in New York? And, and then he was all excited about having just come back from Spain. He's like, they grill everything. I want to grill more. I'm sick of the um, sous vide machine. I want to replace this thing with a grill. What year was this, by the way? This is 2008 or nine. Yeah. And he's um, already sick of the sous vide. <laughs> Yeah, he literally took me in the kitchen and was like, I hate that thing now. Yeah. <laughs> but but he, uh, he and Seamus Mullen were the two early chefs who made it sound like fun to design grills for restaurants. And they were just awesome to work with. Um, you know, willing to take risks, willing to, for me to say, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, you've got to be ready for us to have to show up and fix this if it doesn't work or redo it. And they're like, done. I'm in. That's awesome. And I did not expect that from the industry. Actually, one thing I wanted to ask about a particular, I guess you can still call it grilling, that I, it's not quite the same as Argentinian, um, like Japanese Minchotan style grilling. Mm-hmm. And they do that here in spoken English mm-hmm. on your grill. Yep. Like, have you thought about del- like diving deep into those other styles? Oh, uh, yes. Approaches? Yeah. Actually, we uh, I have a design in mind that would do uh, what they're doing here in spoken English on a more sort of built-in, dedicated way. We added we added the shelves to the to the oven here so mm-hmm. they could do that more more easily and higher volume, which is just using for people who don't know using skewers basically to yeah. to do quick quick grills on small items. But I've been talking to other chefs who want that, and I'm. I'm considering building that capability, you know, so small chamber cooking of small things very quickly into our larger grills. So you could have the big grill doing the kind of big spectacular pieces of meat or slow or the longer form stuff. And then also, you know, have the little um, chambers where you can do the skewers, but built in. Right. Or even just the chambers themselves. Because I would love to have one like in at my house, but obviously I can't put in a one of your massive grills. If I do, if we do end up doing it the way I'm thinking we're doing it, yeah, you could have just the chamber. But I'm, I'm uh, Christmas 2019. Looking yeah. at it as an almost <laughs> get me. Looking at it as an inferno option at the moment. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's let's cut to uh, our next little game here. We uh, have a little thing we call rapid fire. Now these are just questions that we're going to ask you, and this is kind of just tip of the tongue, like whatever comes to your brain first. Uh, Eddie Kim? Oh, you want to ask? Okay. Your favorite wood. 
<laughs> he looked me dead in the eyes and asked me that question. That's for bad. I should have thought that to you. Your favorite wood. Hick- hickory. Hickory. <laughs> uh, why, why, why hickory? Uh, hickory, is, hickory is so aromatic that it, it's the one that brings people from down the street. Yeah. And it's, it's actually not great for every food, like really delicate stuff. Yeah. It might overpower, but it's, it's really great to have for the grill party. Uh, I, I asked that question because Chris Morgan over at Maidan, I asked him like what we should ask you. Do you use straight wood or do you use a combination wood and charcoal? Um, typically? I recommend restaurants use a majority charcoal yeah. and then use uh, maybe 30 to 40% whole wood. Um, usually restaurants are, are using oak because it's a nice medium, very available uh, whole wood that we have around here. Well, Hickory is more expensive. Yeah, when it comes to wood, there's also the, uh, the cost factor too I mentioned. Yep. Um, all right, favorite kitchen gadget outside of the grill? Kitchen gadget. Sous besides, so besides knives. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not too bad. Wow, I'm at a loss here. That's fair. I guess uh, um, cool corkscrews. Cool corkscrews. I have you a have, lot of. You I have the rabbit. I have a lot of those. I've yeah. got the double side. I've got. I've got ones from, uh, you know, all over the world actually. Right on the funky brass ones. ones ah, cool. Yeah. Is, are you a collector of uh, wine openers? I've ended up with a bunch of them. Um, Eddie, do you have a a collection of weird wine openers? No, because we always lose them. Yeah, bartenders always lose them. No, because we go to the airport and you can't take yeah. your wine case with you. <laughs> That's fair. It's 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 annoying <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> um, also, that and you can't go into any of the DC uh, regulatory offices with a wine opener either because they all have um, guards and metal detectors. And you, if you ever need a wine opener or some kind of knife, check the bushes outside of oh, yeah. DC <laughs> yeah, sure, like yeah. DC court, DC DCRA, because <laughs> more, li- more likely than not, someone has hid a knife yeah. in there because they can't take it in with them. I'm sorry, I just gave away that little. Ah, that's a good tip. Bomb. That's a good tip. Um, the one city that you want your grill to be represented in that it isn't in that or? isn't already represented. Um, Berlin. Ooh, that's a good one. I I love that city. It's happening. It's it's full of uh, art and energy, and I am surprised that we don't have more grills there. I think we have a project coming up, but cool. Um, I went there two years ago. I stayed there for about a month, just sort of walking around and experiencing it. But um, yeah, Berlin, that's my answer. Uh, there's a Lucky Cricket opening up in the Midwest, if you're interested. <laughs> okay, yeah, give it a shot. Uh, you go to a lot of concerts, I, I see on social media. What was your favorite concert of 2018? Uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Yeah, I, didn't, I wasn't there, but it looked fucking awesome. And it was. it's not because I'm a crazy nick cave fan i have a lot of friends who are crazy nick cave fans and i was thinking well, i'll just check it out and see what the deal is but the guy puts on a show yeah i mean that is a real that is a real concert great musicianship amazing spectacle of course i like taking pictures so he was it was uh, really good for that what am i gonna ask um favorite photo you've ever taken that's a hard one, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit that's a, that's a bit the, wide. The one I'm spending a lot of time thinking about because my dad is working on a book of essays of his. Ah, oh, right on. Is a photo I took of him sitting on a chair that my brother made in the woods at our farm. Oh, sort of cool. Contemplating that he didn't he didn't know I was taking, and I took that with the Hasselblad, and so that is one of my favorites because it says so much to me. It's a nice picture, but I know it's really loaded for me and my brother and. Sure. And my parents, yeah. but we're talking about how to try to work that into the book. How about one of DC? Uh, the Women's March yeah. shot. Um, I've got actually two Women's March shots that I like and the, and the March, for, March for Our Lives shot. Yeah. That uh, is to be found online for sure. Yeah, we'll try to post those up, yeah. Uh, weirdest food you like to grill? The weirdest food. You can't say you can't say pig bone charcoal. Well, that's be good too, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not pig bone charcoal. I don't think it's weird, but the 
my favorite technique for fish is an oily fish, and people always go right to salmon for that, but you can you know use mackerel or uh, bluefish is great, is cooking through a bed of, of green herbs. Ah. So you're not grilling directly over the flame, you're grilling through sort of steaming, charring green herbs. Like, yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah, and that... That flavor is the fish. It sort of poaches the fish. Yeah, right on. Um, it comes out. You know, the meat is poached with uh, the smoke flavor of the herbs. It's uh, unlike, quote, grilled fish that you usually have. Mm-hmm. Um, you spent some time in Argentina. We had uh, Daniela on from... Uh, Daniela from, Moreira from... Tim, from Timberco. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks about the pizza scene down there. Uh, do you have a, a favorite style of pizza? Uh, yeah, I mean... I go I tend to go for the really thin crust. However, there's one big exception, and it's my favorite in New York is Emmett's deep dish. Oh, I don't like I don't like deep dish generally. Fuck deep dish. But man, <laughs> before you yeah yeah I, that's, come fair. To, that's fair. Come that's fair. Last conclusion oh, in a bad way. Okay. Yeah yeah I hate deep dish, but I, listen I'm I'm open to like I like the I like generally charred cracker thin pizzas Neapolitan style or you know riffs on that, oh. but. The deep dish at Emmett's is killer. I, tell you, I grew up on deep dish pizza. Did you really? My dad used to, whenever we had pizza night. My dad got to choose a pizza. Pizza Uno. You know, it was <laughs> yeah. Pizza Hut. <laughs> deep, du- deep dish Pizza Hut. Meat lovers. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> favorite Keanu Reeves movie. The, that's a great question. Yeah. Solid. Sorry. Okay, I'm gonna. Well, I got a couple there. Unfortunately, <laughs> he's, an, he's an aficionado. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to Point Break. Yeah, Point okay, Break, obviously. Okay. Via con Dios, bro. I mean, that, I mean, then you got Patrick Swayze too. But Matrix, Matrix when it came out was kind of game changer. Uh, that's cause, true. Yeah, cause I that, see that. You know, that was yeah. that was also my scene. Like that, my music scene was basically looked just like that movie. Yeah, we none of his, none of his romantic do lot, comedies. Do you have a lot of trench coats in your in your closet? I have a couple. Yeah, I was, a, <laughs> I was an industrial DJ promoter. A couple dusters. So. That was the aspirational image for how we looked. Right on. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to ask my last question. Ask your last question. Yeah, my right? usual last question. What is your deathbed meal? I think it's going to involve... Can I do a lot of things? Yeah, multiple, <laughs> multiple, multi-course. Go for it. I want, a, I want a sushi first. Beverages too. Okay. I, mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be an old-fashioned old, old old followed by... A really excellent, neat bourbon. So I get to have at least two drinks in my last meal. And then I have uh, the uh, sushi opener or raw fish opener and go to uh, the rib steak with foie gras on the side. On the side. I appreciate that, yeah. I guess I've been talking about how you should grill vegetables, but I can't think of any I want. Yeah, you kind of meat shame me there. So just surf and turf and that's it. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Own it. Own it. Hey, I like to focus on the main, right? Um, well, thank you so much for joining us, Ben. It's been awesome having you on. Uh, you can revisit this week's episode or previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you grab your podcasts, uh, including Spotify. Uh, and find us on all the social medias as at ShiftDrinkDC. Don't forget to throw us a review on iTunes or just give us a shitty review on Yelp. Uh, Thank you, you can, guys. <laughs> you can also see Ben's photography at Grillworks Ben, yep. at Grillworks Ben on Instagram. Or Insomnographic is the, the okay. one for concerts and stuff. Great. Uh, I follow that too. <laughs> and uh, a special thank you to Jeffrey Lamro for intro music and DJ Rec Tech for our hilarious sound effects. Uh, damn it. Uh, this is all you this time. No, I don't have any puns. Okay, I got nothing. All right. Anyways, uh, congratulations <laughs> to JPL NASA. Successful landing. We're so Mars. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, probed. Yeah, Mars has been probed. We will get. Uh, we'll get someone from uh, from NASA administration to come come on our show. Yeah. This is an open invitation. Bring us some like dehydrated ice cream, <laughs> which is the best. Yeah. All right. Until next week, guys. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. 
Full-service radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.